thank you so much uh, for joining today. Baiju, you are joining from New York. Divya, you are here, right here in Bengaluru, and 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 both of you are here today. Uh, I, you know, my first question to you, Baiju, you are leading the digital narrative of this country and how, uh, and. Uh, do you, you know you in many ways all of us watching this who will watch this would agree that you've defined the edtech story educate digital education story of this country now tell us what has this pandemic meant for you for your business for what you're doing yeah especially for our segment uh, i'll say it's fortunate to be in a segment which is of positive relevance so we have seen now lot more users coming on board and spending more time on the application. So like you would have seen an UNESCO report where around 1.5 billion students yeah. are forced to stay at home. So to be meaningful uh, when they are sitting at home, helping them learn. And for a lot of them, it's their first experience of online learning and not just for students. It's true for uh, like, you will see that a lot of teachers, some of them are actually struggling to adapt to this digital learning tools or teaching tools. And parents are uh, more accepting than ever before because for a change, uh, I won't say they are doing homeschooling, but they are kind of enabling homeschooling to some extent. Yeah, this yeah. is short term, but uh, if we can make sure that they end up experiencing the, the good formats of online learning and those who are not taking it just like a crisis management tool as a, sh as a short term approach, I'm sure uh, the good things will stay even on the other side of the crisis. I'm not telling that it will stay 100% online, neither it will go 100% offline. Hopefully we'll end up seeing uh, a mix of both, a blended format, which will combine the best of both. When I say best of both, there are things which can only be done offline. And there are a lot of things which can be done much better online. And uh, our aim is to make sure that more and more students are able to see that. So as soon as the lockdown started, we went off. Uh, uh, completely free on the app. We made our app free. We started a uh, lot of free cl live classes, scheduled classes to bring in that, uh, to replicate the, the regularity of a school classroom. And we have seen now, uh, like in the last month, close to seven and a half new users coming onto the app platform. Even the monetization uh, has improved because as I mentioned, this is becoming more and more mainstream. What would, what would have taken many more years, uh, not just us, uh, good companies in the sector, will skip a few years in their growth. So it's, it's a clear inflection point as we see. You know, Baiju, you are saying this uh, for us. Uh, Baiju is as mainstream as possible, right? Uh, uh, and I, I have to tell you here that someone who has nothing to do with ed tech or anything uh, called me from Delhi and said, oh, can we, you know, how do we get a Baiju course? So, uh, as, and, and that's why I'm just saying that, you know, you have defined this space, this, uh, 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 sector and uh, before I come to you about what you know the evolution means I'll ask Divya. Divya you know I asked Baiju about what it means for the space I want to ask what does it mean inside Baiju right now? Yeah so uh, in fact before the lockdown started we all uh, you know we never thought that working from home would be you know this productive the way it is in fact I think we've done more app releases in the last three months than we've done in the you know in a longer span of time for one, we released an all new feature of the live classes where uh, teachers, including both of us, are coming on the platform and taking classes. Uh, this is something we did, you know, when we probably met you last for our first interview about yeah. seven or eight years back where both of us were teachers. Now we're teachers again. 
I'm mean, loving it because uh, what we realized is when the lockdown happened and children are out of school, they were missing that sort of schedule to learning. They were missing uh, having a regularity to you know learning, and I think that is what uh, live classes offers. Students are able to come periodically, attend classes, have uh, have access to great teachers. Something that they're missing, especially now uh, because of the lockdown, and. Uh, and i think all the teams right from the teachers to the mentors to the content r&d tech everybody has stepped up even though we're working from home for the first time i mean we're all apart but we're still together and somehow every everybody is just kind of making this happen first yes, i can see i can feel your energy i can feel what what must be happening uh, and 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 just for the record i i said this but baiju is in new york and he's been in new york through the lockdown right he's not been here in india you are right here in bengaluru uh, so yeah interesting time for both of you too so baiju my question to you you have been in the edtech space for the longest uh, time that we know of uh, and and you have uh, scaled the business like we have not seen any other business in this space in the edtech space you know if i have to borrow your lens because uh, we don't talk about it but you know a lot of strategic thinking would have gone into scaling and building what you built if we have to borrow your lens and take us through the edtech journey in india what it has been what it is and what from your eyes is it going to be in the times to come take us through that so if i go back a few years oh. for me though like the last 4 5 years is where we have moved uh, online where we moved to a product based approach uh, for us it's been a clear case scenario of uh, passion intersecting with a real need now when i say a real need it, have being someone who experienced these challenges first hand and i always tell that i come from a small village and that's just to not just to dramatize the story it's a fact uh now it didn't have much of an influence on me because i used to spend most of my time outside classrooms learning life skills playing games learning life skills so but um, <clears throat> just to remind you about those three challenges lack of access is is, is still a big challenge yeah. access to quality teachers access to quality content now second one being uh, in a classroom it can never be personalized in an offline classroom it's impossible to personalize the session here it's easy because uh, uh when when you are just talking one on one i can still personalize it so that we, we can keep it very contextual but for the audience uh, i am sure there are lot of them who have heard this story multiple times there are some of them who are hearing it for the first time so uh, in in this format in a synchronous format now this is synchronized scheduled format also it's impossible to personalize so what we have done is we have created an asynchronous on demand personalized learning app from 2015 onwards and as far as i am concerned that's the most effective way for a student to learn once you create that love for learning now you can say that it's it's a challenge how do you make sure that they learn that's where like some amount of discipline which comes with scheduling now the way we have launched was always an asynchronous format which complements the synchronous format offered through school right school offers scheduled classes now the biggest advantage of that format is where you can offer students content in a way based on pace of learning size of learning style of learning now there are three pillars on which you can personalize the way you offer content you know in an if it's in an asynchronous format now this session is a synchronous scheduled session so i can never personalize based on the audience here because there are a lot of them if i go a little more about the story and the first 5 years they'll get bored because they would have heard enough of uh like our story and across multiple mediums right so i i'll i am trying to find the balance between how do i 
uh, take care of both types of audience. Those who know a bit of the story, those who are hearing it for the first time, right? So that's why even whether it's uh, online or offline in a synchronous way, you can't personalize, right? So you, you need the right blend of asynchronous, on-demand, personalized format combined with a synchronous format where you will have a schedule, where you will have an op opportunity to interact with the teachers, interact with the other students. And that's what the school provides. That's what some of the after school offline tutoring centers used to provide. Today, unfortunately, both are not happening. The reason why we have kind of accelerated our launch of these synchronous sessions right now. Now, this helps us to solve these three challenges. One is obviously access to good quality teachers. Here we are able to provide the same teacher irrespective of where they are attending these classes from. Second one, we are able to personalize based on these three pillars, which I mentioned. More, most importantly, we are able to change the format of learning. Today, it's still learning driven by fear of exams and not love for learning. So since we have been able to use these engaging formats, I normally use the word movie-like videos, game-like interactions. And by making sure that it's offered through characters whom they love the most, teachers whom they can relate to, uh, we have been able to get this, I'll say, get a fairly good format across age groups. That's where we have been. We have products today starting from four year olds up to 17 year olds, right? Now these three challenges can be solved at scale only by using technology as an enabler, not just to solve the challenges around access because here by offering it through screens, we are able to reach out to millions instead of thousands in, in offline classrooms, right? Yeah. So, and this was a segment where there was no playbook for success because this is a new segment. This is not a cut copy paste model of something which has worked in, let's say, uh, evolve markets like US or China. So now that comes with its own advantage because when you are creating something, if you follow first principles where you make a lot of mistakes, but make sure that uh, they all remain small and it's all about losing small and winning big. So doing everything based on first principles, figuring out what the users want and keeping it very, very student centric have helped us to achieve what I would only want to call relative success, right? So it's people might be talking about us as the pioneers in the space, one of the largest edtech companies, most well, one of the most valuable edtech companies in the world, but it's all just, it's all just a name at the end of the day. Uh, like we didn't start to uh, like do like uh, this as a business. It's more of uh, like, I'm repeating some of it, which it's like a teacher by choice, like both other things, an engineer by chance. And because a teacher by choice, which made, and that made me an entrepreneur by chance. So, yeah. and we continue our, our pursuit of how to make it bigger but more importantly, better. So, you know, so Baiju to you and Divya, you know, if you could also uh, uh, tell us this, this, and then this I'm asking for everyone out there because yes, while, uh, you know, on you know, the choice and the chance, one thing everyone will agree that you guys have built a phenomenal business, uh, a ubiquitous brand in this country. Uh, tell us what has been, and, and, and Baiju, you rightly said that, you know, you can't cut and copy paste from us or china you figured it out you've done things on the go tested but tell us some of the playbooks that you thought of because i know the kind of thinking you bring also is that some of the things that you thought and has worked uh, which many entrepreneurs while they are defining their own journeys can take uh, should i say something yes, please divya okay so one okay just a couple of things i'm sure he'll add on many many more 
uh, one would definitely be the time from ideation to execution so there's no point in planning forever and i think mm. that's one thing that we all you know always we go we do have yearly goals but we break that down into monthly goals weekly goals and daily goals so i think taking every day as it comes is very important because look at look at the world right now nobody predicted this would happen right but it's important yeah. that uh, be in the situation that we are and what best can we do of it i think that and and two i think the kind of team that you have so uh, 10 years back when we started the core team that was there is the same team that is there today so having that continuity having a team that is like a family which believes in the mission because it's easy to start a mission driven company but it's very difficult to stay stay mission driven we're in a good segment we're in a segment that is close to almost everybody right all of us yeah. but still kind of having that team which it, and it's not just at the top at every level kind of having uh, you know the the same kind of continuity the team spirit motivation the passion uh, all of that and coming together because even at the top the same 10 of us the core of us we're all like family so we'll have 10 different ideas 10 different directions but once we decide which uh, way we're going to go we all stick to it and we all support each other like like a family would and i think that is actually the difference now i think he has many many more which he can add on definitely i'll just add one more point over there it's uh, since we had access to a large set of students in the in in the previous format where we were offering one to large large format offline classes in mm. first in auditoriums and then later in stadiums we were able to test these formats like what's the type of format what's the type of teaching which the students will respond so we were able to do a a large scale offline like beta testing and that's the reason why so it's not by chance that we got those formats right it took us four years from 2011 to 2015 and those four years is where we have experimented different formats experiment with thousands of students those who used to attend our sessions in like i'm not sure whether you've seen them but in in stadiums yeah so we were able to understand what the students want now when everyone else all other education companies we are talking about or adding on to the fear of exams by talking about toppers and ranks we kind of took an ex- uh, the exact opposite approach focused only on students so you you would have heard enough times that there is one segment where uh, user is different from someone who will pay for it now like rather than trying to talk to parents who are important in this case or trying to offer it through schools and uh, trying to change the way teachers teach which is lot more difficult we kind of stayed focused on a clear student centric approach while creating the product as well as while creating our go to market strategy so when we created our first i'm talking about few things which happened the first uh, uh, time when we so launched app launch was in 2015 july we went uh, on tv uh, to create that awareness because this is a new segment it it's not just about creating brand awareness creating segment awareness was and still is a big challenge obviously it's easier relatively uh, it has become easy because of the crisis because there are a lot more people who are, who are like kind of forced to try out online learning you as you can see what some one of our other format of online learning so when we were creating the, the first campaign on tv we 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 were very clear to our to agency that we need the message the same message that we need to create that love for learning because unless until you do that how will you expect engagement from the student and if you don't get engagement now you can say that engagement is just the first step it's eventually it's about the outcome it's it's about the effectiveness so yeah. finding the right balance between keeping it engaging without losing its effectiveness is what we have got right and i think it's got a lot to do with uh, being uh, like uh, the core team being very passionate about the subject and how the company was set up maybe played a crucial role in that i started the company with uh, not just these uh, uh, 
the first 10 students, but beyond that, the f most of the people who joined, they joined for right reasons. The first 300 of them, they came from the student base. Even today, a good number of them actually come from the student base, so they understand the benefit of learning this way. So, so we've got that, and eventually, like I always use this analogy, it's like we've got that uh, the chocolate coating right before we expose them to the broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, Baiju, I want to pick from what Divya said, right? She talked about the speed at which uh, you work and, 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 and the team works. And the second thing is that the, the team remained, the core team has remained over the years uh, together. And, and, and the third thing that you talked about is that it just didn't happen overnight. You tested it in auditoriums with large set of uh, students for many years, for a few years before going live in 2015 July. Now if I have to put all these things together, again I'm going to ask you this because I want to get into your mind. You know, many people could get some of these things right, but the way you have got it right is really, really unprecedented. I'm using the word which is being used in the COVID times, is the scale that you've achieved, the reach that you've achieved in a very difficult market. And now the, like you're saying, market is getting better. Again, if you had to tell entrepreneurs that you did something, you, Divya, both of you, team, something more that you got, you did dif uh, strategically differently to get to where you are. What would that be? I think we were like, at every point of the step, thinking big is always, I'll say that's 50 percentage. The other 50 percentage about having that discipline, how do you uh, make sure that, and I, I, I'll give a cricket analogy here. Like you can have a good dressing room strategy on uh, how you need to play the 50 overs if it's a if it's a one-day game, but eventually what matters is those who are on the ground how they uh, keep on adapting and changing and keeping an over-to-over ball-to-ball strategy. Yeah. That's what will win the games for you, right? So finding that right balance between those big dreams that's that's very important because think without thinking big. Uh, and uh, like you, it's very, very difficult to like change things which are done in a certain way. So when we launched our online version, online and a product-based approach, we actually killed our previous model. So there was no tentative step. We were not worried about wh what was our core model from 2011 to 2015. And that was 100% offline, 100% uh, services. When we launched this, we had the courage to actually kill that. So disrupt our own model because we were very much convinced that this is a better way of uh, learning or teaching. Now it is some, it's, and it's a lot to do with uh, how convinced about what you are offering. Uh, so you will find some of the, uh, like some of the like, digital entrepreneurs banning the same product, which they are getting the whole world addicted to. They ban that for their own kids. So you will never see that you will like, we are so convinced about what we do that much conviction that I, I always tell that, this is the only way my six-year-old son will learn. It's not that I don't have time to teach him one-on-one. -on -one. I do have time. In fact, everybody has more time today, right? That's the best thing about, like the good thing about what has happened over there is, and I'm sure you've realized it because you are able to, uh, you look at the number of interviews which you have conducted in the last one month. I'm sure that's more than what you would have done in the last six months, right? So yeah, yeah. suddenly it seems that everyone has a lot more time because we are not, it's a lot more efficient. We are not wasting time traveling from city to city or traveling within the city. So it's, it's, it's always about questioning that I'll say having that the, the key word here is the existential flexibility. Can mm -hmm. you question yourself and every step and in terms of, can you make it better? Can you make it bigger? 
and uh, if you are not if, and when you get the answer for that it's not that you'll get that answer one day or the next day right you don't make this it's not that suddenly one day you get a new idea and then execute it right it's you only see the what people read or hear is the, the big wins what nobody under like even like it, but it's always about like you make nine mistakes before you get that one right and when you get that one right you go big that's yeah. that's part of the key strategy so i like it's it's important to one for this to happen you need to have lot of people to have that founder mentality now it's not just about founders can you have that founder mentality can you have that ownership in enough number of people at the top and that can you make sure that it's percolates down to the next level and to the next level that ownership what is what matters right because then like you can give them the freedom flexibility to uh, go and make in fact we encourage people to make lot of mistakes because that's the only way you will learn and figure out the right way right like you would have heard that it's you miss all the shots which you don't take so it's it's anyway better to like uh, go and try out make those mistakes but you should know what the kind of that's it's it's important to have a math driven data driven decision making now it's uh, it's it's kind of natural to me and most of us because it's uh, like someone who for someone whom numbers is everything now you can say that you would have heard that people say you can't quantify everything i agree but you can't improve things which you you can't measure so it's yeah. like you need to figure out how do you measure right so yeah yeah i don't know if i answered your question but these are all like it's it's not a single reason or a single okay. strategy i do but what i'm trying to get here is inside your mind and i am <laughs> like and so is everyone uh, one is getting to see the the restlessness to improve so in, in, another, in other words what he's saying is there's no room for complacency yeah in, yeah, right? yeah. that you have achieved the best you can it's over the game is over so every day it's about have you created the best thing no you haven't because there's always scope to improve there's always ways to make it better and if you put numbers to it i think it'll just get better and better and better as time passes yeah are you also very numbers and data driven person divya yeah being a student uh, of a math teacher who kind of changed my life and uh, <laughs> now, uh, being a math teacher myself yes definitely uh, all of us trust numbers more than anything else <laughs> okay good okay good uh, you know so uh, byju to you we have all been hearing and there's this huge grapevine now you have to tell me we are hearing that you are in uh, new york and the the numbers have increased so coming back to numbers we hear that your last valuation now is 10 billion dollars and i am saying that sitting in new york apparently you are increasing that also and it's going to be some 12 billion dollars and uh, uh, and 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 and, and if not the highest the most valued you are like the second most valued uh, uh valued company in uh, india in the startup space and world over i think uh, you would be one of the most valued uh, uh, correct me if i'm wrong uh, edtech startups uh, what i want to understand from you and then this is huge this is phenomenal you're not just in india you're expanding everywhere and these are the numbers and you have to first tell me whether the 12 billion is 12 billion or it's some 14 15 billion because these are we are in money matters so this matters uh, but value while you have created value creation this value and most importantly what is interesting is that you are profitable that's what we read you are profitable how have you managed to get all the numbers right don't tell me both of your maths people that's why but uh, <laughs> how have you got the quality yeah, and this more than the valuation no yeah value if if value creation doesn't follow valuation right it it, it it's it's just a short term game and in in business and politics there is no 
there is no winning the game. It's it's all about staying in the game. Can you be relevant even after a decade? Uh, do you have? Can you make sure that there are enough people who have got skin in the game are driving the business? It doesn't matter. You will you would have heard enough. The founders have control. Investors have control. It doesn't matter who's having control. What really matters is those who really believe in the long-term potential of the model. Do they have control? Right. That is when you build uh, businesses which can last a decade. Right. So. Now, if if you have a clear long-term approach, and uh, you can easily make sure that value creation follows the valuation creation. So now, otherwise, the the valuation is just a number. And we've been able to consistently prove, and by scaling the business in a, and it's not just it's not growth at any cost. It's it's a, there's a clear we are building it in a very very sustainable way. That's why. Uh, it, it 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 hardly took us four years for the model to be profitable in India. Now we are looking at some new markets where again you go through the same cycle, two or three years of investment. So we don't do anything just to add to the top line, just because we have access to capital, fortunately, and that's yeah. that's that's obviously an advantage. It's not that we just go and buy companies and build models which are at the periphery. We've been very focused on school students creating products which will help them become better learners active learners if not anything else and eventually they'll score more because that's that's our approach an organic approach of uh, getting their attention and uh, making sure it's see getting their attention which is a big challenge even in our offline classrooms right in offline classrooms you can force attendance but you cannot force students to pay attention right so that is why uh, these formats are important so coming back to, so we have been able to consistently prove value creation which matches up to the valuation now and so, valuation growth is just a function of so the business growth is proportionate to the it's like valuation growth is proportionate to business growth. Now, when you say business growth, we just finished our best month. Though we have kept the products free, we just finished our best month. Uh, April, we finished with three fifty crores of revenue. Wow. Now, that's uh, and and we are we are continue we continue growing. We expect to double this in the next three four months because we are using three strong pillars for growth, which is more subjects, more grades, and in more languages. Mm. So there's again a long way to go in it, even at this scale. That's why I use the word relative success. We are at less than 3% of what we think our target audience. So how do you make it more meaningful? How do you add more value to the existing users? And how do you uh, make this product more relevant to a larger population? Now there are uh, like you would have heard words like, um, I would want like now everybody's talking about digital divide and digital divide uh, uh, because of which uh, online learning is not accessible to uh, a certain percentage of students. I completely agree. Digital divide is a challenge, but the physical divide which exists in, in our offline world yeah. is almost an impossible challenge to solve, right? The iniquities which exist in the, the physical world of education, like you can't solve that by building more schools and having uh, enough teach, good teachers inside those classrooms. Your best chance to solve those challenges, which I already talked about at scale is by making sure that it's available in as many screens as possible today. Fortunately, like more than 70% of the students have access to a smartphone. So now these are all reasons. So the long-term potential of this segment, now this is such a core segment, right? Everybody will think about education and in, in markets like India, where uh, the pop growing population, young population, very aspirational, you don't need to create awareness for learning. It's, it's almost a surprise to find that, there is in, in the world today, there's no hundred billion dollar market cap company in education. It's impossible to believe where there are so many hundred billion dollar companies across other sectors where you know that uh, some of these large population markets are also, they're all good number of them are emerging markets. There are people who will be 
like so it's it's just that companies have not invested enough in getting the right product market fit and technology is just about making its intervention because that's the only way you can create companies at scale without compromising on quality now these are all reasons why if you're talking about why there is investor interest it's got nothing to do with uh, yeah we are doing well but it's also a segment which is close to everyone just that it's also a segment where a lot of investors have lost money now uh, like to talk to create valuation creation it's not just about me being in new york in fact that this way of working meeting people over a screen is what we have been propagating for years this way of learning is what we have been propagating for years just that people on the other side whether those who are willing to meet whether it's investors or whether those uh, the the students who are willing to learn on a screen the acceptance is lot more today it's become easier yeah you know by you from your answer i get one answer that 100 billion dollar valuation is the so you're not uh, settling before that and maybe then you'll give us some new number because <laughs> like you pointed out that there's no edtech company with that valuation right now and and we all hope that you get there divya uh, my question to you you know while building you know profitable venture profitable it's extremely important because we are talking uh, in india where uh, you know we don't see profitable new age tech companies and it's very important this is a great milestone tell me something what kind of rigor what kind of mindset did you guys consciously say that hey we will be very conscious in terms of you know building a profitable venture or or it happened uh, because your segment was growing or it was it a conscious thought that no as unicorn as dedacon as whatever we will build a profitable venture and what did you do to get there i think uh, you know as a company we've always uh, respected money in a sense that we never you'll never see us spending it on something that doesn't uh, give us value in fact we're paranoid about roi any any tv ad if you look at any marketing thing that we also do you'll always see uh you know some sort of roi on to that we know it so i think one is about knowing that where to spend how to spend how much to spend on what to spend i think being conscious of that and understanding that uh, you know that this money has to be used in a particular manner budgeting well for it uh taking a and also see the thing is uh, you know once you have a great product it's about how you market it in the right way and how you can you know make it reach the correct audience it's 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 also about having uh, you know i'll say a dedicated marketing channel understanding what works for you what doesn't so i think a lot of that a lot of brainstorming on that we meet very often to understand where to spend and how to spend and it isn't just one person's decision i think all of us do this together and we're very conscious of the decisions that we take and i think that's very very important if you treat it as you know uh, your money Right, right. Like, like how you would and spend it judiciously. I think this is profitability, something that you'll achieve. And of course, if you have a very strong business model, a model where you're addressing a need in society, uh, where where you can solve it at scale, right? Because technology is something that can solve any problem at scale. And we are definitely addressing a need. We're helping students learn better. We're helping them love learning. These are things that were current. We're not happening. And that's what a format like this provides. I think when all of these happen, it's is when. profitability automatically kicks in yeah 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 it's also a lot to do with uh, the the initial four years so uh, or when like we were always profitable before we changed uh, so it's it's part of the dna how do we capital efficient uh, even so and that kind of helped because how did we get four years of product development because we were investing our own money so there was no pressure from like if you are raising money from vcs and start a business they are not going to give you four years to build a product 
and that is again like these are things which people don't realize subtle things which has helped us to and that's the reason why like uh, we still have maximum skin in the game and so and the reason why we are like we are lot more long term than now though we have enough uh, high quality long term patient investors on the cap table we are lot more long term and when you are thinking long term and acting long term uh, there is no scope for creating short term optics yeah 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 uh baiju i want to ask you uh and and rivia please both of you on on decision making especially like you know and you've taken a lot of decisions how do you go about taking decisions and this is also why i'm asking this because today a lot of entrepreneurs will have to take a lot of hard decisions decisions which they wouldn't have taken before and and you know i was hearing from some vcs that they said this is not a time to be popular play to the gallery because sometimes you are you have to be okay being unpopular not one of the most liked person in the room which is very hard for entrepreneurs also uh, uh, how do you guys take decision like and and, and you know like be the decision of like they were saying money up, and then i'm not talking about just data driven but like big decisions that you would take and say okay uh, for example we have to be profitable or for example i will go for this or i won't go for this or will have this investor i won't have how do you process decisions yeah as part of the can i go for it as yeah. part of the culture uh, it's almost like we have given enough freedom to people who and the enough people who have taken that ownership so for every function now uh, there's someone who is responsible but gets uh, he or she will get uh, enough people to discuss the ideas with and as she mentioned once we figure out uh, once we discuss argue uh, brainstorm about multiple ways of doing something or even figuring out whether to do something once we decide to go ahead we we go full on we go full on and full on where we need to the the there is no like in in fact we encourage uh, people to make those multiple mistakes just that they need to know how they are making the mistake that's why measuring it every along the way it's critical otherwise uh, it's again it's not about spending money you need to know where you where we are spending money and if you yeah. make sure that that's why she was talking about tv ads we run tv ads in a, in a very efficient manner because we are able to figure out after every like after every advertisement on even on prime time uh, let's say sports or cricket we measure the output by looking at the number of downloads because there's a clear call to action other than the 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 jersey campaign or the jersey sponsorship which we have taken up which is for that's for long term branding everything else is performance marketing so that's just one example on how so we measure and we figure out so actually some of the most expensive properties are where you get best of the roi so we know we know we are able to figure out by having an index by uh, having a number which we associate with every dollar which we spend or every rupee which we spend yeah dollar i, I kept on using dollar because I, like yeah, i'm just context uh, from one meeting to the other meeting yeah, yeah, so yeah. and it, it has become easier than ever before it's just a number change you jump from one meeting to the other meeting across geographies across time zones that's why i told it's it's lot more productive and for everyone's benefit you are sitting in new york right now and talking yeah. to us and so uh, so, so so decision making is it's Like the discussions are always collective, but finally there is responsibility on someone, and that uh, we give in people enough elbow room. So it's it's a mix of lot of entrepreneurs, and that's part of the culture. A lot of entrepreneurs, those who get uh, and like today, it's easy to find there are enough people those who are very aspirational, ambitious, willing to uh, take those risks, willing to take the ownership because taking ownership always comes with a risk. Yeah. But that is really like uh, in fact. Uh, high risk high reward and people who take that ownership they they can always uh, uh, 
contribute more in a setup like ours. Yeah, so, yeah. So, but but they need to have an answer if they make a mistake, and if they don't, like, I mean, uh, they end up making mistakes which are too big, and then there is no coming back. So, which we have been able to avoid uh, uh, throughout. So, that's from a decision-making point of view. Now, talking specifically about uh, the current times. Now, one thing which I, I'm sure all of us understand. You also run a startup and a and and a sustainable and a successful one. Whether it's a pandemic or a no pandemic, startups are anyway all, always about doing things in an insurgent mode. So there's nothing new. Now, now if startups cannot adapt because one you have big advantage, you have a young workforce mostly, and they can easily change. They can easily adapt, right? They are not. They don't come with any baggage. So, so, and it's not that that you. It's I won't say it's not. An, you need a wartime CEO. In fact, all startups need a wartime CEO, right? On that. can make decisions faster than ever before and employees will rally around you to make it work right and uh now having that culture and like making sure that sense of purpose and making sure that everybody understands whoever is involved in decision making that's very critical and now for people who are thinking of starting up this is actually a good time to start they can start slow but because uh, uh i believe startups launched during a downturn tend to be far more durable and resilient than those who or start in a better economic uh, state right since every crisis creates multitude of opportunities multitude of challenges and there are enough problems to be solved so there will be that means there will be enough opportunities for new ideas yeah. for example there were more, like i heard there were more than 50 unicorns created globally created immediately after the last financial crisis so those who are thinking of starting something this is the right time to think about solving real world challenges and reimagining uh, because a lot of things are going to change right how people work how people learn how people consume it's so it's it's good to have a fresh start so those who want to be an entrepreneur it's time to start thinking about figuring out solvents but it's, it's again it's very important to keep in mind that you need to find the problem which you truly care about right that's when you have a better chance that's when you won't take no for an answer when you hit multiple roadblocks yeah yeah Did you do you want to add something No I think it's about also having different lifeboat strategies you know not having one strategy like supposing that that's I think what a startup does at this point of time you you take every day as it comes you keep reiterating you think how you what is the best thing that you can do in the situation that you are in so having different kind of lifeboat strategies uh, you know how best can you handle the situation thinking about it quickly implementing it fast I think you know on those lines, and like he said, you know, startups are much more resilient if they're created during the downturn, during a, a, a time like this, because we are so young, we are so agile, uh, and technology can solve any problem at scale. So we, I think, we can think of so many companies which can come out in every sector, be it uh, delivery, be it education, be it healthcare, because the the mode of the way in which we learn, the way in which we work, the way in which we transact, the way in which we consume things, everything is changing. Yeah. So, So, so just to add on to that, it's effectively that lifeboat strategy is a fancy word, but in, in in simpler terms, it's basically if if you are in a segment which where survival is more important, you need to figure out and make plans for uh, how do you, how will you survive if if this continues for three months? How will you survive if it continues for six months? How will you survive if it continues for one year? So you have different types of uh, strategy. So that's lifeboat strategy is a fancy word for something as something as simple as that. ियंग 
right? Don't worry about the annual plan in the short term. Start working on a like like weekly plans or daily plans is the order of the day. Yeah, you know, I was just saying. Uh, the, thank you. Very, very valuable advice, input. You know, I was saying now you're talking like a teacher. Like this answer was like a teacher. <laughs> Deconstructed the uh, lifeboat strategy for us and took over. <laughs> Not to you and, and, and because you have, you know, been such a builder of the edtech space in India, I want to understand, you know, edtech in India and education in India is very job certification driven. Right, ki certification milega, thappa lagega, and uske baad job hoga. Yeah, you know, because we ha- we are a middle class country, and this has been a very strong narrative for us. I want to ask you: Do you see a shift happening, learning for learning's sake versus learning for degree certification and that thappa's sake? Yeah, I think that change is happening, though it's slow. It's more than whether uh, the change is happening. It's it's critical that the change has to happen, not. Uh, not just for India, but for the whole world. If you ask me, what will be the future of learning, right? You mentioned, so learning how to learn is going to be one, is actually the most important skill today. Now, when I, I use the word, a hi-fi word, like pr- first principles, now what is like in, in simpler terms, it's about you learn what you do and measure what you do and learn from the mistakes which you make and learn things which you like. And that's where you'll become good at, right? So now you'll find a good intersection between things which you like and things which you are good at. Mm. And if you, uh, if you get an opportunity to actually pursue that, so how will you do that? You need, now, what is the reason for, why do we learn today? We learn things which we like and we are active learners. Now, for some reason, we have a system where students start as active learners. They are very curious, right? You, you look at a four-year-old, five-year-old, they're very, very curious. They ask so many questions, like, uh, they will ask 10, 20, 30, 50 questions every day. Why, where, why, everything they want to know. Why, right? Now, somewhere along the line, uh, this curiosity-based learning is taken over by fear-based learning, of, uh, like exam, like a fear which is induced by the exams. And everybody talks about exams, and that takes over. The moment that takes over, and then everything becomes short-term. People just start looking at previous ten years' papers, fifteen years' papers, just learn how to answer, write answers, and they become so one-dimensional. And we are all much better than that. Yeah. And that's something which we figure out once we come out of universities and schools and universities. So how do you make sure that, so we need to make sure that this is a very, very important skill, especially uh, like I was reading a report where the, the students who are entering in school today, by the time they come out of universities, the two third of the jobs which they will get into, they are not even defined. So how will you make the next generation ready for the unforeseen jobs of tomorrow? Right. Yeah. Or the, the jobs which are not even defined. The only way you, you can get them ready is by where they learn how to learn. So this learning how to learn is uh, in, in simpler terms, you need to make sure that you need to make sure that there, there are students and students who are learning because they want to learn and not because they're forced to learn. So an exam driven de- degree based approach, though you might require exams and degrees, like in, but maybe uh, the, the way to do this is like, how do you make sure like today, how do you make them more and more active? And that is where there is an opportunity for uh, or creating all these new formats, offering through devices which they are friendly with, right? Uh, I, I always use this word, the 21st century literates are not the ones who can't read and write. They are the ones who can't learn, unlearn and relearn. So this, what you mentioned is 
it's not that whether this whether we'll see this change in next five years or ten years, but it's very important that we get the next generation ready for this. Otherwise, all this demographic dividend, India being a young country, average age being twenty-eight, that's all. It can it's a double-edged sword, right? Because uh, an under uh, uh, like less educated or not so well educated under uh, unemployed youth is a recipe for disaster, right? On the other side, that's a big opportunity. Everybody talks about India be becoming the talent pool for the world. Now that opportunity, long-term potential of that opportunity is a lot more than ever before because it doesn't matter where you work from. Today, everybody is like, like people are realizing that it can be very, very productive. And for those sectors where we always had an advantage because we have, a, we have an English-speaking aspirational large percentage of the students coming out of our universities, it's time to maybe reskill them. They have, like, because a lot of these skills, what they would have learned in universities, universities are struggling to catch up to the the, the what really happens in the real world, what, what the industry needs, right? So, and what, even what the industry needs, it, it changes every five years, every seven years, what would have taken decades before. Yeah. So we need a system which encourages active learning. Yeah. You know, one question I had is, uh, on what are some of the opportunities that you see in education? And this is, give us some billion dollar ideas that we all can pursue. Give us some secrets on what are some of the, because you, you know the space, you would have scanned the space in and out and you know it uh, uh, like the best because you've been in the trenches building a tech business. So tell us what are some of the opportunities and also some of the opportunities, some of the uh, 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 avenues which you are pursuing. Okay, so we want to stay focused on the student side, hmm. stay very focused on the school segment, which will also help them in test prep. So school learning and some of the test prep, which where there is an overlap, that's hmm. where we are clearly focused. Uh, we have added uh, to our asynchronous uh, app-based offering, we have added uh, a scheduled uh, offering, which uh, will help us move that segment from offline after school tutoring to online after school tutoring. That will also bring in that for a certain percentage of students that discipline which comes with the schedule mm. will uh, eventually we want they, they will like end up spending more time on the app more time on when they learn on their own and that is in tune with what I've been telling when they learn on their own that's how they become slowly but surely we are like inculcating that habit of self-learning or active okay. learning right so and so we're very we, we want to stay focused on that mission but uh, if you want to mention, there's so much to be done in the space, right? I already mentioned that technology, these are very early days in terms of what technology can do in terms of enabling or better quality teaching or better quality learning, both, right? So there's so much scope to improve the way we learn, the way we teach across age groups, across segments. If you want to be more specific so that people can think over it and figure out, right? And this is the right time, you can start thinking. As I told that, that's how the, uh, the segment will evolve. One, teachers are struggling to use digital, to be more specific, right? Let me try naming a few. Teachers are struggling to use teaching tools or the digital tools. They're using Zoom, they're using Google Classroom. So, so create a platform where they can teach seamlessly, right? They are not, the students are a lot more tech savvy. They are digital natives. They will adapt to, so teachers require a different platform and a platform which is easy to use. A lot of times, even in our smart classrooms, teachers don't use those, uh, uh, like in technology in classrooms, Usage of technology in classrooms has been very minimal because some of that technology is very difficult to use for a teacher and they don't want to look uh, in front of students. They don't want to look uh, inefficient in terms of how they use tech, right? And students are smarter when it comes to, because even if you take a look at what a five-year-old can do and what a 15-year-old can do, five-year-olds, how they use tech and how they uh, like engage with the screens 
it's it's very natural for them right because they are born they they're like they spend so much time with the screen like learning from a screen spending time on a screen is almost a primary habit so that's one two is uh, there is an opportunity with more and more institutions opening up to the idea of this blended format of learning where there will be some format of learning which will happen inside a classroom in a scheduled manner even on the other side of the crisis uh, more and more teachers and institutions are realizing how good this can be for some part of learning it's not that all skills can be taught online because there are like hard skills like math science coding it's it's very efficient to teach online but all our, everything else involved in that so schools are here to stay like don't uh, uh, get, get like make a mistake that schools are here to stay right all the social skills like to like if if you ask me the, the most important one being empathy right these are things which you can't teach efficiently over online yeah you, you now you can argue that there is social networking so you can build friends over but there are things which uh, at the end of the day the things which can only be done in the offline world so yeah. that's so there is opportunity in the b2b space if we can provide things uh, and schools and institutions will be a lot more open to the idea of uh, experimenting a blended format of learning so there's an opportunity around that so something around teachers something around b2b something for teachers uh, something for B, uh, in in b2b and uh, third one is uh, obviously the big opportunity around reskilling and upskilling obviously there are a lot of companies doing it but uh, uh, if you're talking specifically about india i already mentioned there's a huge opportunity for us to supply that top uh, we say engineers but beyond engineers mm. because young population a uh, lot of them english speaking and that's an advantage here and yeah. they're very very aspirational and this crisis obviously is already teaching us that geographical locations don't matter anymore and in, in terms of collaborating and working together and the last one not the least is the so curricular i always talk about curricular skills are very important that's what we are taking care of today but what you learn outside a classroom i already mentioned is equally important now we don't go to schools and colleges just to sit in a classroom right the the classroom time is important the corridor time is important the play playground time is important so if there are ways you can figure out how to teach some of these skills not all of them obviously you can't teach how to play cricket or how to play football like online you can maybe teach the theoretical aspects of it there are a lot of you will you will see a lot of uh, cricket classes happening online but that's eventually about going and uh, toiling hard and figuring out your own way of playing the game right it's not the coaching manual can help you only to a certain extent so yeah. so th there is there's an opportunity around i use cricket and football but there's an opportunity around co curricular skills because you'll see very already some programs were very effective ways of uh, teaching some of these co curricular skills so uh, just to recap in case if uh, and this is the right time to think on those ideas you can do something for teachers you can do something for institutions which is b2b uh you can do something around reskilling upskilling that segment is also going to become take off and there's a big opportunity in india because there's enough supply in india right and there's demand all over there's going to be demand all over the world yeah we have a highly efficient uh, uh young workforce maybe they they need some kind of reskilling and upskilling to match up to the, to the industry demand or industry requirement and the last one is something around co curricular skills these are some of the things which i can just think like that but There's, there are a lot more and that's exactly what uh, the people who want to be entrepreneurs they actually look at look at the real world problems right and there are many to be solved if it's this is not a segment this is nowhere close to saturation and uh, uh, the flattening the curve is not going to happen anytime soon in this segment yeah that's a very interesting analogy tell me uh, what do you think of these models that are coming up across the world and a lot in india also now master classes for uh, learning in the edtech space what do you what is your view on that 
yeah so that's that, that's one of the points which i was talking about things around co curricular skills right and having because the best part about doing it online is you can learn that from the expert and not necessarily the best in your best in the in the locality not necessarily the best in the country but probably the best in the world right you have an option to listen to the the teacher who's a master in that so yeah. so master classes obviously help students to so there are two aspects aspects to this right one is uh, a scheduled component which i mentioned synchronous learning that is where think of it as that's where teachers teach and there's another component where students learn and i was talking about we need to make sure that students start taking more and more initiative in learning figuring out what they like in the first place in first and then once you figure out what you like you should uh, try becoming better and better at it so that uh, once you find an intersection between what you like and what you are good at chances are that and you will end up uh, making an impact provided yeah, you also need to make sure that this is something which is relevant for uh, a large percentage of the people yeah that's how you create a, that's how you find a product market fit i think the whole paradigm of a teacher is actually changing even if you think about the whole master class format you have this one teacher out there who's the best in the subject who's teaching so he's your master teacher and then you also have supporting tutors and i think that's where teaching and learning is going where you have a tutoring teacher who also takes care of the class who is more like a mentor and a guide to the students so where students now will start taking the initiative to learn on their own uh, they'll come up front now everybody has a front row seat in online learning no more backbenchers as you can see like you know everybody seen very very clearly over here so i think the entire paradigm of the teacher student relationship can change and change for the better because now a, a teacher can be a mentor another teacher can actually be the subject teacher so the whole paradigm shift which i think uh, online learning gives you the potential to make that happen and i think that is something which which is very interesting and it can actually change the game of uh, the way we learn today yeah are you uh, guys going to pursue something in this area in any of the for, for five by you said you no know, in any of these segments no we we have uh, a lot to be done in our core sector itself we want to stay focused <laughs> and uh, baiju are you going to be investing in uh, to both of you are you going to be investing in uh, companies in a tech uh, uh, companies have you invested uh, in uh, uh, this segment like on on personal capacity we have not invested in anything not just at tech but anywhere like but more importantly so we are creating an accelerator so that we can support some of these companies by extending the the large distribution which we have already built and something which will also add value to our user base uh, we are in, in early days in figuring out and, and and how to set up an accelerator and then we'll start uh, supporting some of those early stage companies so that would be very valuable yeah 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 you know so now i want to ask both of you uh, you know for all the for all the good things for all the big numbers for all the impact that you're creating uh, and of course the global name that you're creating you know there's also byju as a brand and byju you know that there's a lot of negative press also that has come right and and of course uh, uh, you know i said that a tech narrative has been written to a large extent by you uh, but there has been a lot of negative press which has come over the years how do you deal with that how have you looked at that okay so see one is for a company of our size the 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 amount of negative press is still a single digit percentage or a very small percentage uh like so but again i am not uh, because we are a large company with thousands of employees what 
millions of students, right? Millions of students. Now, expectation when it comes to education is very high. The fact that uh, still uh, you are talking about one of isolated incidents, and we are very well aware that in this age of social media, and we are not we are not even talking about mainstream media. In this age of social media, even a single digit percentage detractor voice gets so much amplified. And most of the times they're, they're not actual users, those who are amplifying that. Right? There, there are a lot of people with an agenda. So, but we are paranoid about solving any genuine issue, which comes to our, which comes to our notice either directly or indirectly. You just try posting anything anywhere on any social media about a complaint, someone will contact you to resolve. And if you're a jailer, trust me, it will be resolved. Hmm. Now, so, but what we do normally is we close track of NPS internally and externally. And very happy to let you know that in the most recent one, which is because we have also attracted capital from multitude of global investors yeah. and they do enough research before they come on board. And yeah. I'm talking about an external data in, the, in one, of my, one of the most market, prominent market research from in the most recent one, our paid user NPS has uh, increased from mid 60s to 76. So now there is not, now there will always be that one, two percentage detractors for whom the, the product like, uh, the product might not be relevant. We, have, we always take care of that because uh, if it comes to our notice, either directly or indirectly, but what you see in social media, most of the times is that won't be even that the genuine user won't, we would have already resolved it, but it stays in the social media, right? We don't have time to go and uh, uh, request someone whom we can't even contact who anonymously post to take it off. But we are, as I told you, it, it matches with our, we are building something which is very long-term, right? This is not, just business for us, right? It's something beyond that. This is the only thing we know. So our only aim is to make sure that we stay relevant. And there's like, not just now, but even after a decade or even after multiple decades, we, we might go public. We, uh, uh, like, like over the next few years, we will, but, uh, after that also, it's like, you will see us running this uh, as passionately as ever before. Now the, I will finish that with, uh, the fact that we got the, the biggest indicator of this is forget about the NPS is that 85 percentage of year on year renewal is a clear indicator that most of our students are finding it effective or finding it beneficial. It's not just, they spend a lot of time on that, but that's not enough, right? That's only a short term indicator that they are liking it. Liking is not enough. Whether it's like, if in simple terms, it should be used by them and it should be useful for them. We have been able to get that right. So now we compare this with uh, companies of this size globally anywhere, right? You're talking about, now I agree that you can't, you can't get away from it because this gets amplified. One detractor like will make it's in, in pre 10 years, 20 years back, you can live with even 10, 15% detractors. We very well know that we can't have that number of detractors beyond one, two, three percentage. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, to both of you, I wanted to ask and yesterday I was talking to Divya and I asked her this question that uh, if I may say so, husband, wife, together working, uh, and both of you are maths people, both of you seem to be equally vocal and equally extremely passionate. How is it to work as co-founders? And be honest, tell us, unfiltered. You want to go or I want to go? <laughs> I should go. <laughs> That's your answer. <laughs> it was very smart, huh? the, the, the toughest one. No, why do you also have to answer? <laughs> But it's easy. I'll, then I'll go for it because, like, uh, I say, I, I'm uh, like, I'm someone who always used to ask a lot of questions and make life difficult for teachers in the class. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
So I, I like I am I like people who ask tough questions. So this is not even a tough question. It's an easy one. It's it's very easy. It's like opposite attract and roll is what you see in movies. It's is very easy when you have people who are aligned, both in the house and in the company, and that's what we've been able to. uh like do a very good job with that and we very well know that uh, it's not just about the first 10 people who started the company because the same set of people might get you from 1 to 10 but to get you from 10 to 100 and 100 to 1000 and more you need to find uh, like minded people into the company and into the family so i don't know whether that answers the question so yeah i'm going to ask you more but let's go to divya first divya so like he said i think it's always that a uh, sort of I think our interests are always aligned. We like the same things. We like to travel together. We have the same interests. I mean, on a, this is on a softer note, okay. So his was very okay, company driven, and you know it's working. But on a personal note, also, so company aside, we it's we have the same kind of interest. Like when we are when we are not working, we like to travel together, and and we enjoy you know the, uh, the next the most important thing for us. So we have the company and we have our son. So I think and I think that and. and the kind of similarities in the way the way in which we think and we agree to disagree i mean it's okay sometimes you know he says i never fight uh, apparently i am the only one who does but then <laughs> you know, it is that you you know that this this happens but finally when you decide what you want to do you stick together and do it and not just the two of us the whole lot of us and i think that's 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 why it's worked so far and it will continue to work for many years to come yeah yeah and 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 sure that this is the first time both of us are on screen for such a long time Yeah, I'm so happy to see both of you, and I'm seeing the what she's talking about the alignment. One can see the alignment. Uh, uh, so, you know, but do, do you have like a bifurcation, or do you take joint decisions, or do you have like oh, I look at this and I look at that? Generally, what happens in a, uh, you know, co-founder team? For all, like, in, it's not just about between the two of us. The among among the top management, all of us have primary responsibilities, and since. and like in any startup we'll all be involved in every function and that's why because uh, like the, the the business person will have enough say in the product and product say person will have enough say in the on the business side and that's true so it's but there is there are primary responsibilities and multiple secondary responsibilities but eventually as i told it's it's most of the times we are able to like it's a, it's a collective decision collective decision like some people will agree some people won't agree but once we agree we go full on and that's one reason why we have been the fact that from those initial 10 people who started the company we, like in the last 10 years we have just lost one person that's a clear validation that um it's not just started as a mission driven company we have been able to keep it like that so yeah 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 i'm sure people have to just experience you know and they'll have all the energy and then divya my god i'm like just both of you are competing on the energy and adrenaline quotient uh byju do we what you know and and i had asked you this do we see byju across different geographies in the world so the question is do we see an mnc out of india and and are you, and and what are some of the things that we can expect from you what is brewing inside the company right now okay so the, there's a clear focus so india will continue to be a big or primary focus for us for the next many years because uh again there's so much to be done there's so many more students of like who will learn or benefit from learning this way mm. so but apart from that we have like there will be like some percentage of the focus in like extending this to other markets where it's easy to localize now english speaking markets uh, now it's to be more specific we are looking at uh, 
So we acquired a company in US last year called Osmo, company called Osmo. Uh, and then within well, like first full year of that acquisition, now we're looking at this year, the this financial year, we, we are aiming to do $100 million in that. So it's not that tough. Now, I don't think because of that, you can call yourself an MNC. We are not even doing for that. But there's a strong alignment in terms of what they had and what we had and very complementary things. So we were able to integrate a two-way integration of uh, what they had and uh, what we had. And that's something which has worked out very well for us already. So that's why we are talking about uh, like like a good start from a 25 million revenue, which when we uh, got them on board. Now we are talking about Forex in our first pulling. In, uh, that's in, in US. That's, that's US revenue. So I'm saying within a year, you got that $25 million to $100 million. We are in our first full year of acquisition. Last year is where we acquired. So wow. we are scaling it up from 25 to $100 million this financial year. Wow, Baiju. Amazing. <laughs> Tell me how many more acquisitions are happening in how many different geographies? So like we, we keep an eye out for... Uh, Something, two, two reasons, two ways to decide on whether there is a complementary fit. One, something which will add a lot of value to the users in India. That's going to be, that's our, that will be our primary reason for any acquisition. And uh, the second one is something where you can get a head start when you're looking at a new market. So a company which can give you some kind of distribution and which you can go and scale. And these are the, so in, in case of Osmo, uh, like, both reason number one and reason number two, we were able to like get an answer yes for that, and that's the reason we went ahead with the acquisition. And it's 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 already proven right in terms of because we have integrated product integration is done, and we are offering that to students in India, and we are scaling up uh, their their business model by increasing the product portfolio both breadth wise and depth wise. No, and, I have to ask you a question which I asked you earlier: decision making. Right, like now these kind of decisions, how do you go about making these decisions? Do you have like consultants on board uh, or do you both jump together and say, okay, we will, is it a gut or is it largely data driven? This decision was taken in 30 minutes over one Zoom call. So like that's, said, what we tell, uh, that's what we tell outside, but there's a lot of, so people think we do it through intuition, but there is seats like, uh, since you're continuously mentioning two people, two people, it's not about us at all. And obviously it's not about me. There's a large team who are as passionate and who've taken similar or more ownership in the model. That's the reason because uh, individuals can only do that much. So, yeah. and I'm not trying to be humble here. I don't do much today. The, I only, I make sure that I enable a lot of intrapreneurs to come together and I make sure that uh, their energy is aligned uh, in just one direction. So otherwise, uh, so I, I just keep them excited. So both the employees, investors, uh, obviously with a clear focus on now students, because they are the ones who are the, the biggest beneficiary. And if they are, if they benefit, I'm sure uh, everyone else will, uh, we have scope to keep everyone happy. Yeah. So what I also hear that uh, global expansion is definitely uh, a priority, if I may say so. And you are now in US market, which has proven within a year very successful. So we will see you looking at different geographies and different markets. Yeah, that, that's true. But that's true there also. But uh, as I mentioned, India will continue to be our primary focus for the, for the next uh, many, many, many years. Because uh, as I mentioned, what we have seen now is only relative success. A lot to be done. And this is one of those segments where you can always tell that if you do good, you will end up doing well or you do well, you will end up doing good. You can do it in both ways. And I'm, and I'm very, very sure that uh, 
if we make if we can change uh, more and more the way more and more students learn in india uh, we would have played contributed in some way in creating one of the most powerful nations in the next uh, few decades okay 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 baiju i'm going to again pick from your answer only that you know you said that it's team it's not you it's the team and divya has also told me about and how passionately she's told about the initial set of people who've stayed and the team and and how all of you are aligned but you said a very interesting thing that your role now is to keep people excited to keep your team excited to keep your investors excited to keep all the stakeholders excited and you have excited a lot of people because you have some of the most amazing investors your team is in place and 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 doing very well tell me how if we have to learn from you to keep people excited around us what should we be doing i i think uh, that's that there's an inherent advantage the inherent advantage is we are in a sector which i've told that in a, in a sector where uh, which is close to everyone we all we are we are all here because i would tell that education is still the only way to make it big for most of us right most of the indians so that there's, there's a big advantage of being in a in, in the right sector but on top of that it's about uh, yeah and i i'm i am doing something which i am truly passionate about so it's not uh, yeah, it, it's it's very easy to get people excited mm. and get them aligned to that same vision and and thinking long term see you try thinking of let's say oh in 3 year i'll exit and make money and then we'll start another business the moment you start thinking like that the game is over right it's a, it's all or the day you think you are successful the game is over it's it's always about how do you make it more engaging how do you make it more effective how do you make it bigger how do you make it better so whether in terms of product or whether in terms of business right so like once you have uh, once you have a strong vision around and if you are able to get people rally around that it's it's easier than uh, what people think and being a teacher it's it's just second nature right being a teacher who is able to uh, attract and hold on to the attention of thousands of students in stadiums it's 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 easier today because today i am talking about even when i talk to all the employees together it's just a few thousands i used to handle large number of students in stadiums that to like teenagers in around subjects which are as boring as algebra so you you're forced to innovate you're forced to uh, like i always tell that it's those sessions were not math sessions they were more or less math concerts so with that so it's easier than like it's mainly because of the sector and it's also because i told you like what we preach is what we practice and yeah. this so, is something which we are which i, I told that we are truly convinced about the day you see uh, like uh, or the day you hear someone talking about me teaching my son in the offline world that day will never come it's it's, it's <laughs> and that's that's why i was mentioned that in all the things which i mentioned i told that do something which you truly care about and once you figure that so you need to figure that out right and most of the 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 people have enough time and those listeners i am assuming they are in that in that age group where they have enough time to figure out what they like and what they are good at and once they figure out they should have the guts to pursue their passion relentlessly and it's almost like be at it till you get it and there is nothing like that right keep an aspiration level which you think you can never reach and when you are about to reach there you raise the bar again and if you are in that if you are in that continuous pursuit that's why i'm telling that if your aim is to stay in the game and not there is nothing called winning the game you know divya i'm going to ask you about him you have spent you are closest you spend a lot of time with him you have known him very closely 
tell us because he's telling us it's the space which we get but what are some of the things that you've seen him uh, do right over the years and 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 say that hey these are some of the things that makes him uh, you know stand out or makes him uh, create that kind of excitement in people around him so i think i can definitely talk of the the journey i have had started out as a student so i was one of the students in those uh, big classrooms maybe i stood out because i was one of those few people who used to bug him a lot with questions during the <laughs> otherwise you know i don't know so th- th- i think it's it's the kind of uh, right from the classroom as a teacher so i start as a teacher right what did we learn from him as a teacher and this will this is something i think all of us would tell who were part who were his students and who are here today not the first 10 like i you know any even the first 300 400 so one is uh, the kind of confidence Uh, that we get from uh, you know the, the same thing that you were saying right that the whole aura uh, yeah. of being confident of being able to believe that you are far better than what you think you are and you can do much more than what you think you can do you know that kind of a belief if that comes to yourself you see yourself punching way above uh, what you normally would so that's one thing i think as a student i became much more confident after uh, attending his classes and and if you think about what i did at the age of 21 he he put me in a class in front of 100 students and i had never never ever taught before now that's something which unless you have confidence you cannot do and i think he instilled that in all of us mm. right that that sort of uh, that, that sort of positivity confidence and motivation as very important as a teacher and now if i continue as as a leader in our company right we all look up to him as 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 a ceo as a founder and and he is always there he he let, he gives us sort of uh, independence to take uh, our decision but is always there to guide us and push us so that you know we, when we when we make mistakes we make a lot of them uh, but we make them small and when we win we win so big that that it's a big victory for everybody so i think i think that then in in the professional spaces that you get uh, and i think everything again revolves around confidence and passion and all of that because it's it's interlinked whether you're a teacher uh, in a classroom or whether you're a leader of a company if you're able to motivate guide and enable more people to kind of you know come in and uh, give their very best and do more than what they could they thought they could ever do because i can see that in every one of us beat me or or anybody the initial set of students we're doing much more than what any of us ever imagined we'll be doing say 5 6 7 10 years back so i'll 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 finish by just repeating one the most important line from the uh, shraddha that uh, if we start looking inside rather than because we have a bad habit of looking at others and trying to do everything because that's also a lot to do with how we have been taught in schools and uh, because There's so much focus on like I always tell that if you want to run a hundred meter race, ah, uh, uh, like don't try to win the school race or the class class race. Keep a competition with yourself. Try running it under ten seconds. You might never do it, but that's your best chance of uh, reaching your actual potential. So if you start looking inwards, you will all of us will realize that we are all far better than what we think we are. We can all do lot more than what we think we we are doing today. You know, by you, you have inspired me and all of us. who are watching this and all of us who will see this video thank you to both of you and divya you have been a revelation i thought he has unmatchable because we've seen him on stage at tech sparks i've interviewed him but today i just think that you're like you know it's going to be like a head on who has more energy <laughs> in terms of uh, speaking so you've been a great student and you've been a phenomenal teacher to byju's becoming one of the biggest stories from india we all wish 
uh, both of you all the best and and we are rooting for you because you know you represent also for us as entrepreneurs and startup ecosystem you are uh, a great example of what we can achieve and of course we will look at internally to see how we can get there thank you so much byju thank you for taking time and thank you divya for taking out time today thank you thank you thank you